Schönen guten Tag und ni hao. As part of the Austrian Embassy in Beijing, the Cultural Forum and Office of Science and Technology proudly presents its new podcast, Let's Talk Future. In our first podcast, I would like to introduce the Austrian photographer, Marco Zink, to you. He gives an insight into one of his latest art series, Swimmer. Marco Zink will speak about the unique beauty of water being not only a continuous snapshot, but at the same time a vital basis for human existence. Hello Marco, thank you so much for making the time to speak with us today. Thank you for this invitation and for this opportunity to talk about my series. Um, so this is also my first podcast ever in my life and I hope to talk and pronounce everything correctly because I'm coming really from a very small village in Austria uh, and we have there a very strong accent. Even the Austrian itself can't understand when we are talking German. So thank you for the invitation. Don't you worry, I think everything will be just fine. Um, so firstly, I would love to know how does one get the idea of uh, leaving the onshore safety for the incertitude of the underwater? Hmm. As I've mentioned, I come really, really, really from a very small village in Austria called Gaschurn, that's located in Vorarlberg. Mm -hmm. um, when you know, when you hear that I come uh, from a small village, you know that it's full of countryside, forests, flower, everything uh, surrounded by mountains. It's uh, idyllic, like you know from Heidi, yeah. maybe, yes. It looked like, it's really like that, in, like a film scene from Heidi. Sounds but, beautiful. Yeah, it sounds beautiful, <laughs> but there is a but. Okay. Me and my family lived in a very old house, the big farm, and there was really not much time. <clears throat> we have to work all the day. For instance, we, didn't, we, we cannot go on holidays, like other people have the opportunity to do so. In summer we had to do the animals, we have to uh, look for the fields, everything. So this idol is double-edged for me. Mm -hmm. it, it can turn from paradise to claustrophobia really in, in a short time. That means you're locked into something you cannot escape from. Uh, For many people, countryside is just a synonym for paradise. But if, when you live there, it's completely something different. Um, people always tell me they feel freedom in the countryside or on the mountain. Yeah, that is true, but not for me. Um, therefore, I left the village when I was 20 and moved to Vienna into the big city with all these influences. My first holidays on the sea was this 22 and I felt inner freedom instantly there. The water, the deep, the blue, this magical silence, it was just a turning point in my life. Uh, magic is, is the one word I'm using now. Um, and yes, there is a little bit of anxiety on the water when I go diving, but I can cope with it and it even forces me more. Um, just to mention, all my artworks are taken analog, without anything but natural light, and there is no digital effect. 
I also dive underwater with no diving equipment. I have to stop you here. No diving equipment? What does this mean? Uh, that means I take lessons before I go diving on the beach and that's breath tech. I really try to control my breath. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. uh, that takes a lot of time between 30 minutes and one hour till my lung, lungs uh, can take so, as much breath as possible. That's like, you know, from apnea diving, mm -hmm. yeah. because I, I need to go really down uh, under the surface between five and six meters to install the object and to take pictures from them. That's a long process and a hard process. Wow. It means I have to be sportive. Yeah, you do, yes. apparently. Um, and as somebody maybe not being too familiar with your photography already, how would you describe your work process? Um, how does the idea become this physical work of art? Mm. First of all, I have to explain that art for me is a language to express my thoughts as well as a process. And this process starts, if you believe it or not, when night is coming. I fall asleep and I dream every series. That means I awake myself, I wake up and then I notice everything in a small book and then the concept starts. Then I do the research about it and everything needs to be quite, quite good repa uh, prepared. For instance, what things do I, or which clothing do I need for the underwater pictures and where do I get them from and the meaning of the items they have to have. Nothing is really left to chance. I, I exactly know from the beginning till the end what I do and what I want to tell with every photograph I'm taking. I make a sketch. For example, before I go underwater, every picture is on my sketch. Everything needs preparation, the right time, the right location and of course the right timing. Therefore, some series needed very long to get published or they are ongoing. That means they, I'm still working on them. Uh, for instance, my underwater series, they were all taken in the Greek sea during different times of the day, from sunrise to sunset. And that also have to deal with the concept of the, of the series, namely the evolution, of course. Uh, at this point, I give you an example. There is this picture with this yellow umbrella in the exhibition in Guangzhou. Dieter Leopold, the chief of the famous museum in Austria, who also bought some works for their collection, was magnetified with my pictures. And he wrote me a text for them. And I have to quote him now at this point. Just listen carefully. For instance, providing just one of several examples, a yellow parasol is floating in the frame, drifting from the upper margin into a shade of continuously darkening blue. We still remember the images of the March 2011 tsunami. But even without this context, one might wonder what the purpose of a parasol underwater is. In any case, it will no longer be able to shield and protect anyone. If that was it meant to protect us from, is now all around us, filling all nooks and intervening spaces. This reminds us of a haiku by Basho, in which fishes' eyes are filled with tears. What a beautiful, sad image. 
which is entirely impossible at the same time. And also this umbrella, reminiscent of a catastrophe, is a beautiful complementative picture, creating a moment of nostalgia, owning in vain, drifting through the water completely devoid of meaning, destined to vanish into the darkness of the deepening blue, eventually to be entitled, absorbed by it. Death and life, beauty and horror are interwoven. Therefore, I had to quote him. Mm -hmm. It still moves me, this description, because he brings everything on point. I can see that. Yes. Yeah. And still becoming goosebumps when, when, <laughs> when reading it. And now I come back to the physical work of art, the presentation itself, because that is really also necessary. At the end of the photographic process, you have to decide in which how you present the artworks. Mm -hmm. In my case, it is very important that the pictures and the objects on the pictures are life-sized. That means some pictures have to be smaller, some others have to be bigger. That means the object on the picture you see should have the same size as in reality. I also um, use a special technique for the picture itself for the surface we mounted an acrylic glass on the on the photography that's called diasec may you know it yeah i, I know i guess in chinese it means sandwich ah, okay <laughs> uh, and that has uh, all also to do with the concept itself so on the one hand you reflect yourself in a single photograph by using this technique and furthermore the deep of the ocean the sea gets imitated with that technique interesting Yes, it is kind of uh, not only beauty, but there's a concept also behind uh, mounting the pictures on yeah, the wall. Yeah. Um, so you talked about already how this um, work of art has been created. So you have this special breathing technique, you go underwater, but I guess this um, being underwater also holds a lot of adventures within it. Is there anything you would like to, to share with our listeners? I should suggest that I maybe should also get an author in that for this question because I could really write a whole novel about these experiences yeah. underwater. We are not used to underwater. So when you take a picture, you're completely concentrating in the setting and how you do the pictures. You cannot uh, uh, think about it when, for example, a creature of the sea or something is happening, you can't cope with it at that moment. Mm -hmm. And there are so many things uh, um, when, when, when you um, shoot things and you cannot control. I give an example. I have taken pictures from kimonos underwater. And suddenly, and I didn't see it coming, a big moray eel mm -hmm. was completely, I think, hypnotized or, or inspired by the kimono <laughs> and, and really bite into it and took it far, far away from me. I was thinking, it got lost. I have it's no, gone. no, it's gone. It's yeah. just gone. Um, I think after three or four hours, when I was on the beach again, I saw something 100 meters far away from the beach in the middle of the sea something is appearing and it has a yellow uh, color oh that's my kimono <laughs> uh, that that's something or very paradoxically what has to do with my series or the concept uh, when i was coming back from 
uh, with my underwater rock sack and with all the objects back and I was nearby the uh, the beach yeah. thank god um, a fishing net that was threw in the, into the water and polluted the water in that case mm-hmm. encloses me and I could oh, wow. not escape I really suffocated underwater it yeah. was very dangerous because also the weather turned into a rainy and wavy situation thank god my boyfriend rescued me because I was not prepared for, for such a situation and I think you could never be prepared for mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Something spoiled the water and nearly killed me. Wow, that must have been an intense experience. Yes, it's always on my mind and uh, there's a little bell in my head who is ringing every time. Be aware of yeah. spoiled sea, be aware of it. Do you think you're more cautious now after this experience? I don't think so, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, I learned so um, many things with this situation. Means I have to look scare, uh, carefully before entering the sea. Uh, is there something that can uh, affect me? Mm-hmm. I think so, mm-hmm. or affect my work, or, or could be dangerous for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I think that's it. And um, about your work regarding the the technical aspects as of, of, your, of your profession to say it so um, you you take the pictures analog mm-hmm. and um, in this digital age is it something you chose consciously first of all yes it's a conscious choice yes but secondly I have to admit that this is one of the most questions I've ever got asked <laughs> what what is your perception about dig- digital uh, uh, photography yeah. analog and digital are two different pair of shoes I guess it's the it totally works different but um, when I was 18 everybody got, got a driver license yeah. and I decided not to do so but to buy an analog camera instead and that become comes from my art teacher and her wife who was my English teacher by the way yeah. uh, they were very supportive when I lost somebody in my family and they were really hypnotized when they saw my first pictures and, and they really really advised me to become an artist mm-hmm. and that was a turning point for me so I decided to invest the, mo- the money not in a driving license I haven't got it still <laughs> but to buy a camera and when I look back it was the right thing to do with this camera just to mention I'm still working with it oh, wow. so my past decision is now my presence mm-hmm. um, for me photography had always to deal with explaining itself as an art jewelry but also to defend itself to be serious arts painting and film does not have this. They they are just art genres. Nobody asking is that art or nothing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You simply get uh, accepted when you're a painter or a filmmaker. But um, also people always think when they hear you take photographs, they think they think oh you earn your money by doing wedding photography <laughs> for example. No, <laughs> I'm working with photography in the fields of arts. Yeah they can't understand it or or they do not want to understand it i have no idea why to explain in my artworks i interpret staged photography in a new way 
On the one hand, I give the viewer a feeling of incidentally witness a fleeting moment. On the other hand, I restage subject as object and vice versa. Uh -huh. I make exclusive use of analog photography with boiled film. Um, I have to stop you again. I'm so sorry. Uh, now the question comes, <laughs> what does boiling means? Is it right? Yeah, I would love to know. <laughs> this is a... I, unique technique it's yes I, and um, yes. maybe uh, some of our listeners are not too familiar with it so i would love to get to know more about it mm. to be honest it's a secret oh. because i i don't know if i went at this technique but i'm i think i'm the only one who is using it as a handwriting and a concept for my for my works um with this spoiling uh the negatives the film read um, gets destroyed, gets destroyed after a short period of time means when you look at the negatives after three or four uh, years, mm -hmm. they are not there. Oh. It, it, it's, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, that is like dying, uh, the, the negative is dying. That's all, all, all about. And that is very important for my series mm -hmm. because photography has had this thing about conserving memories mm -hmm. and I'm destroying this concept. Yeah. I'm taking photography, everything it's famous for. Mm -hmm. And that is really, 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 really a systemic, systematically used element in my work. With this concept, I refer on the one fields of painting and film. I push the boundaries between these two art genres and show that photography has its influence from painting and without photography, film would not even have been developed. Therefore, I'm boiling my film material as a reference to painting because with boiling my, my, the photographs get blurry and they just look more like a painting than a photograph. And I'm telling stories in my pictures that's called narrative photography and that is what a filmmaker does. Interesting. So there are many parallels in your work. Yes. Quite, quite. It's, it's, it's a long procedure to come when I take the photographs to overthink everything. You, when you look at my pictures, you mainly think, oh, they're nice colors and everything, but there's a long preparation and a long thinking about everything I'm doing. And um, in, in this um, preparation, I, I have the feeling that there's also a decision-making process um, regarding your everyday objects, the, the main characters of your artworks, um, do they have a significant meaning? Yes, they, they do have. And to tell you, for instance, to come back to the underwater series, especially, but, uh, but these main characters or these uh, objects are in many series of me ha have their root. But um, in the underwater series, an object, for instance, clothing part of fabrics are turning into subjects. Because the water is filling this object just for a second with a volume and it looks like there must be a body in it, but it's not true. There is just water and this refers also to evolution and the evolution of species. Mm -hmm. Each item I use underwater has a meaning and everybody knows these objects, for instance from daily life but not in the context I'm using them in my photographs. I transfer them and give them another meaning or reference. 
It's all about transformation and imagination. They look very dreamy and intense, maybe also like a fairy tale, but all of a sudden the transformation, they transform into something scary, a double meaning, into a beautiful morning, maybe like a fake reality. I give an example, a white fabric is drifting through the water to assume the form of a grand splendid shell. Or, on another picture, you really believe you are in a coral reef, maybe the well-known Great Barrier Reef, but in that case it's the smaller brother of it, the, the small barrier reef maybe, mm -hmm. but it's not true. What you see is not what you get. On the second view, you realize that these are bathing cups that are put it on round stones, something that is so beautiful but not true. It's imagination, just a reference. You have to look twice to see this false bottom. In my pictures, you will not see or find any fishes, no sea creatures, nothing, just the object itself that I am using. And that is odd, something missing, mm -hmm. something the nature is missing. Yeah. Suddenly you ask yourself, where have all the fishes gone? That is my intention. I keep waiting long for such moment when everything seems to be empty. Everything you connect with nature is paradoxically missing. There is just an object remaining that looks like nature and pretends to be a sea creature. And when you realize this, you understand my concept and the whole vision of the series. Mm -hmm. So um, let's, let's talk more about this. Um, you already mentioned Dieter Leopold and his uh, very touching interpretation mm. of, your, of your series. Yes. And I would like to know, uh, are there any other interpretational approaches to your, to your pieces? There are really plenty. Uh, critics or just viewers or buyers, they see what they get touched with, I, I guess. Um, first, first, you of course see the, the beautiful colors, I guess. Um, and the, also this unbelievable beauty underwater. But, but if you look twice, you may gasp this second meaning, um, this warning in every piece. It's like a trick, like the beauty and the beast, I guess. For um, um, if the one likes the beauty and the sea life and get these holiday feelings, they are welcome and, and, and that's it. But on the other hand, for instance, in Paris, they, many people see the Titanic theme in it. Interesting. That's interesting. Or uh, refer to the refugee situation, others see a pollution theme. Therefore, especially this series updated itself in a way. That is re really, really random for a series because most series or art pieces uh, stand for a special time slot. You can document and saying, oh, this was made in this year that belongs to this situation, mm -hmm. but not with this series. She's really not limited in a kind, she's timelessness, a great plus for this series. Definitely. And um, is, is this, the way you perceive them as well or do you have your own view on interpretation? For me the series is really based on the evolution theme. We in the meaning of mankind think we are the supreme creation on earth. 
yes that is true you can see it everywhere but that's kind of dumb and arrogant i guess because we destroy so much instead instead of saving it saving means also our species and our lives at the end in the meaning of evolution we are just a short period on the evolution timeline but we are pretending to be the wisest creation the crowned creature this is nothing more than a paradox we have just this nature this environment we have to realize that and we have to understand the needs of the nature she does not need us but we need her that's uh, beautifully said yeah like a philosopher i guess <laughs> <laughs> um by any chance is there a way you could um, describe your work of art in only three words three yeah um Beauty, mm -hmm. desire, and I guess that has to do with desire, despair. All right. Um, there's one thing I would I would really like to know as a oh, yes. <laughs> as a photographer, um, also as an analog photographer. If you're always happy with your final result. Or um, would you ever like the opportunity to redo a piece? Maybe that sounds like a little bit selfish, but I'm <laughs> always happy with that what I'm doing. And no, I never do a redo of something. That comes from a good, good preparation. Because when you work as an analog photographer, you have not that much possibilities like a digital photographer have and it's my concept to just use one film roll that means 36 images that are possible to be taken for one sushi mm -hmm. that means nothing more than that and you have to be all in all very very well prepared prepared because when you look at the underwater pictures you may think oh they are beauty and oh he just threw something into the water and uh, and he took a picture. No, that's not true. That starts from dreaming, setting the concept, writing, a, uh, writing it everything down, make a sketch, then starting the research. Did anybody before that? So mm -hmm. you can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Then you look for the objects you're, you're, you need for the shooting. That means the object, the meanings of the objects, where do I get them from? Then you must go to the location where you want. That means I have to t book a flight to go to Greece. I have to look for the right settings for the right beach where there is nobody. Then I have to console the water, day, the daytimes, the nighttimes to take the pictures. Then I take the shooting and then the film material goes to the lab and then I have to wait again. That is a whole a very long procedure and a very long preparation. And uh, therefore I'm really, really happy that everything that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about and doing the concept and taking the film works. Mm -hmm. I think it would be not satisfying for me when I use more than one film role for, for, for an image because when you look at my Vita, you see what I have been studying. And I think when you have a profession, you have to have this profession, have to deal with it and mm -hmm. take it very, very serious. Mm -hmm. 
Um, finally, let's talk about your upcoming exhibition mm -hmm. at the Hugh Ancestor Hall in uh, Guangzhou. We are all really looking forward to it. Um, could you maybe tell us what awaits the visitor when they come? If I would know that already, but yes, I have got pictures from the installment, but at this point I really, really have to thank the Austrian Embassy in Beijing and Ilta Culture for this opportunity, support and for the great installment of my works. Uh, in Guangzhou we will show the underwater series, um, namely the swimmers and also some pictures from another underwater series called Strange. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, all of the pictures we have decided together uh, were taken to different times of the day underwater, starting from sunrise to sunset. Especially the sunset pictures are kind of very mysterious and the water was very deep and dark and they will communicate, communicate with the viewer. I guarantee for that. Go to them and listen to them what they have to tell you. Um, and furthermore, you will reflect yourself as a viewer not only in the artworks because of the special technique we are using and produced the works, but also in the whole room. They made an installment on the floor that is just gorgeous. Um, but that is a really a huge reveal now. But you will also <laughs> see a video from most of the underwater works that get projected on a wall. Just dive in and give that powerful picture the possibility to talk with you and just start to dive and think about it. Oh, wow, that sounds uh, very intriguing. And um, I hope so, yes. <laughs> I'm sure the visitors will be super excited to, to have the opportunity to dive into your works. And um, there are also some listeners, as, as I am, who might not have the opportunity to see the, the exhibition in, in person. But um, is there any piece you could share descriptively with our listeners? Yes, of course. I could give, if it's possible, two examples. Yeah, sure. Um, you know that my underwater pictures were all taken in the Greek Sea. And that is really, really necessary for a concept and to understand it, because Greece is known as a country for democracy and mythology. So I guess everybody on the world knows Homer mm -hmm. with his Ilias and Odyssey. One picture that is shown in Guangzhou is called exactly Odyssey. It shows book pages from a copy of this epic story that are floating in a stormy sea. In this single photograph you see history, mythology, the story of the, of the epic story all in one. There are several layers metaphorically placed one upon the other, like a translucent picture combining history, present and the story of Homer. And one picture that was, <laughs> that was, I don't know why, but the people like it so much I have now to describe the one with the high heels. Ah, yeah. There is this picture with these high heels, with a single pair of high heels, a beautiful photograph where you see the sandy seabed with shining sunbeams. In the center, a pair of high heels are standing or are they moving on the ground? That's the question. Mm -hmm. It looks like they are dancing, but there is no person in it, nothing, but 
they are moving. Suddenly, when you look at the picture, you think your mind is playing tricks with you. It is a picture, but it looks like there is exactly a movement. After you are, and then you ask yourself, who wore these shoes? Where has the owner gone? Did the shoes get lost or is it the person who will get lost? That's just, just imagination. And of course, and now I make a little bit of advertisement, you can buy a catalogue from all from all the underwater pictures. You will find it on my website, I guess. It's called Between Play and Persuasion. And I guess they will sell some at the exhibition places. Yes, well. I think so. Yes, of course, of course. So maybe I should get the, the plane ticket after all. This sounds <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, to, to finish up, um, are there any upcoming creative projects we can look forward to seeing you again? If not in Beijing, then maybe? I hope that I will see or see that we meet us in Beijing. Maybe there's the opportunity to go there. But uh, there are plenty new upcoming exhibitions about me or about my works. Uh, first of all, in September, uh, I have an exhibition in Vienna in Michaela Stock Gallery. Uh, for this exhibition I have collaborated with Nobel laureate Elfriede Jelinek and the main theater in Graz in Austria. And after this exhibition I will have two big museum openings and presentations with my la latest work about the former concentration camp Mauthausen that is also located in Austria. Mm -hmm. First, I will show them in the museum in, in Zagreb in Croatia, mm -hmm. and then it moves to Osnabrück, that is in Germany. And that's not the end. I'm, at this moment, I'm working on two new series that get published 2022. Wow, exciting news. I'm very happy for you. Much work, but I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, Mark, thank you so much uh, for your precious time and uh, for sharing your outstanding artistic vision. And it was a delight talking oh, to you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marina. <laughs>